0: Hello everybody and welcome to another edition of Cliss's Mic Drop. As we uh, restart here with the Broncos coverage, uh, beginning uh, right now, this week, next week is the start of training camp and uh, we're going to be doing this uh, weekly, uh, pretty much on Wednesday. Got delayed with so much uh, news happening. Uh, Our special guests on Cliss's Mic Drop, first one we've had in a couple weeks. Uh, will be Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. The Broncos, two quarterbacks, two uh, quarterbacks competing for the starting job anymore. They also have Brett Ripon on the team. And there's also the possibility, still the possibility, of Aaron Rodgers. We'll, we'll see what happens there. But uh, we talked to Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater, 9 News, did, I did, uh, back in mid-June. And I think you're going to enjoy those conversations. But um, Today's podcast, uh, we start with some uh, very sad news. Uh, One of the better guys in the entire NFL, uh, quarterbacks coach Greg Knapp, passed away from um, fatal injuries suffered in a bicycle accident. He had Saturday afternoon about uh, 2.49 is when all the calls came in to the San Ramon, California, Police Department. Uh, Greg, an avid, Bicyclist uh, was riding his bicycle when he was struck by a car. The motorist did get out to try to assist, and he is cooperating in the investigation that's still going on. But uh, um, received word from Jeff Spurbeck, Knapp's uh, longtime agent. And on behalf of the family, uh, Jeff Spurbeck uh, uh, released a very uh, touching, warm tribute to Greg Knapp with all details uh, for celebration of life uh... you can go to ninenews.com dot com and look at our story there. Follow me on Twitter also. Uh, you, Mike Cliss, uh, the Twitter handle at Mike Cliss. I have all the comments from Jeff Spurbeck who talked on behalf of the Knapp family. So uh, very sad news. Uh, Greg Knapp, uh, again, a, a a coach for twenty three years as a quarterback coach, offensive coordinator. Uh, most recently, he was hired in January. Uh, by uh, the Jets to be the passing game specialist, and he was going to work with Zach Wilson. He's worked with Michael Vick, he worked with Steve Young, he worked with Peyton Manning, of course. With the Broncos, he was a quarterback's coach from 2013 to 2016, and uh, offensive coordinator at the time was Adam Gaze. But Knapp worked directly with Manning when Manning set all those passing records 55 touchdowns. 5,477 passing yards, and the Broncos scored 606 points, 37.9 points per game. Those are records that still stand, and here it is eight years uh, later. We'll see with the 17-game season if those uh, records hold up, but they held up through uh, the 16-game schedule for uh, seven years. And Knapp was a quarterback's coach, did a wonderful job with Manning there, Probably his best work with the Broncos was in 2015. If you remember, Manning got off to a pretty good start. He struggled with uh, the Gary Kubiak uh, uh, West Coast offense. It didn't fit Peyton Manning very well. But still, the team started 7-0 that year, and then Manning. Then they lost three in a row as Manning uh, hurt his heel and was really ineffective and was benched in uh, Game 10 against the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, uh uh, uh, and uh Brock Osweiler came off the bench finished five and two after you know Osweiler didn't play a lick for three and a half seasons and that got him ready to go five and two when the Broncos needed them and then they go back to Manning in the playoffs and the Broncos win Super Bowl 50 just a real quick uh personal aside if I may after Super Bowl 50 we're at uh I attended the Broncos uh, Super Bowl party. It was in the hotel that they were staying at all week, and uh, Greg Knapp, the only guy in the Broncos organization who gave congratulations to me. You know, normally the the media are uh, are, are are nothing more than a nuisance, um, unnecessary uh, obligation <laughs> as far as the players and coaches and and football staff is concerned, and uh, <clears throat> uh, the the um, what happened was uh, at the party, Greg Knapp came up to me and he said, hey, Mike, congratulations to you, too, you know. And I said, what are you congratulating me for? I didn't do anything. I just followed the team. And uh, Coach Knapp said, look, you followed us from day one, from day one to to, to, the, to the final day. And it wasn't always rosy. It, was, it wasn't always easy. There are a lot of bumps in the road. And you handled them very well. And... Uh, you covered a world championship team and you got that feather in your cap. And uh, so that's why I say congratulations to you. And uh, that meant a lot to me, you know, that someone and I guess the point is I cover all the time. Uh, and, you know, I've been covering professional sports for 37 years, baseball, then football. And uh, very few uh, people have asked about the media uh, people. Dante Bichette in baseball was the only one was, was probably the only one um who asked about you know the, the the media people and um and greg knapp was the only bronco who said congratulations to me after they won super bowl 50. he was the kind of guy he was he genuinely and sincerely wanted to know about you not just all about him so rest in peace greg knapp again go to nine news.com for details and There's a CaringBridge.org page for Greg that you can go on and share your thoughts. I invite you to do that. Other news uh, for the Broncos, if I may. Uh, They did sign, a couple of rookies signed uh, their contracts here in the last couple days. Baron Browning uh, signed today a four-year contract. And yesterday, Quinn Miners uh, signed a four-year contract. They're both third-round draft picks, and so they both got signing bonuses of $840,000 and 616 dollars uh, $840,616 is their uh, signing bonus, so rounded off to $841,000 for their signing bonus. Uh, four-year deals, minors and offensive lineman, interior, guard center, who's uh, apparently going to get a chance to compete to beat out Lloyd Cushenberry for the starting center in training camp. Uh, rookies and quarterbacks by the way report saturday for training camp the vets the rest of the team reports tuesday first practice is wednesday at uh, the broncos headquarters and yes it's open to the public Uh, because of the covid regulations uh, fans will not be able to get those uh, coveted autographs uh, at the end of practice as was a great tradition for so many years Uh, but you can sit on the berm and watch the action of the new 2021 Broncos starting Wednesday. So Baron Browning under contract. Quinn Miners under contract. How about that? Uh, I tweeted out a photo that went uh, uh, you know viral about by local uh, you know Twitter standards. Uh, over fifteen hundred uh, responses on there. Uh, Stephanie Wilcox, who's eight and a half months pregnant. She's uh, living in Aurora, and. Uh, she was out back in her backyard and uh, you know it was a sweltering hot day the last couple of days in the Denver area and she had her shirt and she was showing off her pregnant belly and her husband JJ came out and said you know you look like Quinn Miners Quinn was just in the news because 9 News broke the story that he had signed his four-year contract or he had a uh, reached agreement I should say and uh, so they reenacted uh, the, uh, the pose of uh, Miner's holding a football on his right hip with the belly sticking out. And he's nicknamed the belly affectionately. And then uh, Stephanie Wilcox with her belly sticking out. She's eight and a half months pregnant with Leo. Leo is going to enter into the uh, world in a couple of weeks, due uh, in early August. So um, they reenacted that, showed that. It was just uh, a real funny moment. The Broncos, by the way, uh, saw that and called Stephanie, this morning, Thursday morning and offered her tickets to her and her husband and growing family uh, as soon as she's uh, feeling well after uh, she delivers Leo. So nice gesture by the Broncos. Um, A chance for Leo to meet his new favorite player that he met before he was even born. And then, uh, you know, the onesie and Bronco onesies, all those are coming uh, the way for Stephanie and and Leo and JJ. So nice little story there, by the way, uh, besides uh, reaching contract terms with Quinn Miners and Baron Browning. Uh the Broncos are close with second-round running back Javante Williams. He's the last of the rookie draft picks. They had 10 of them. Um uh, Javante's going to get a nice signing bonus of 3.8 million. Uh the best, of course, the most lucrative was uh from Patrick Sertan. The first round draft pick got 12.7 million in signing bonus. Um, uh, today also, the NFL said uh, came out sent a memo out to all NFL teams that um, any games cancel or postponed because of a COVID outbreak involving unvaccinated players that team will have to forfeit. Now um, that is what that is obviously a threat for all players to uh, get vaccinated, and for the Broncos, it's uh, it, it doesn't carry too much water because. Uh, they have 84 uh, from what i understand 84 of their 90 players have already been vaccinated or have received at least one shot so the broncos are going to be in good shape but um, i think it's more threat than uh uh, than promise from the nfl because this team i i don't think you're ever going to get to a stage where there's such an outbreak on a team where they have to forfeit remember you only need 25 players to play a game in the nfl Um, you know if 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 um, you know and then they have the practice squads that uh, can come up so uh, it would have to be 30 players getting the virus that's a very unlikely scenario and remember too about this about the NFL they do have a play the game at all costs the game must go on and Bronco fans know that more than anybody else last year rather than postpone a game a couple years a couple days or a week against the new orleans saints they made the broncos play without a quarterback so uh i think it's safer to go with a forfeit than to play a game without a quarterback really uh broncos had no choice they lose 31 to 3 kendall hinton had no chance filling in as a quarterback uh practice squad receiver so um the nfl i'm just saying the nfl a little it's almost duplicitous there that they made the broncos play with no quarterback last year and now they're saying that team's got to forfeit if these players aren't vaccinated this year so you know um my personal feeling is is i think it's a personal decision whether or not to get vaccinated i have been vaccinated because the world the the, the whole country it's more convenient uh with travel um at the all-star game that i covered the other day i had to show my vaccination card and I had a uh, certain access based on the fact that I'm vaccinated. And I would not get access if I'm not vaccinated. So it makes sense to do it. I didn't have problems with my vaccine shots as far as reactions. Um, and uh, so, uh, you know, I'm not one of those guys uh, uh, standing on the pulpit saying you got to get vaccinated. I have members of my family who refuse to get vaccinated for their own personal reasons. And that's where I think it's a, a personal deal um with the nfl with this memo um it is not a personal choice you have no choice you have to get vaccinated was the message they sent today so with rookies and quarterbacks reporting on saturday two of those quarterbacks are going to be drew Locke and teddy bridgewater showing up for work we had conversations with them in mid-june the final week of um, of minicamp before the five-week break and so take that into account as uh, as we talked to the uh, we talked to uh, had the interviews, but they were really good interviews. Uh, first, Drew Locke, we're going to talk to. I know you're going to enjoy the conversation with him. Uh, one one question I asked him is, uh, listen, those Aaron Rodgers rumors aren't going away, and uh, have you heard about them? And uh, uh, what's your reaction to them? I think you'll enjoy the conversation we had, and he uh, at Drew Locke as he always is. Uh, was not afraid to uh, be forthright and candid in his response. So uh, here's my interview that I had earlier, um, about six weeks ago, with Drew Locke. And then we'll uh, return um, on Kliss's mic drop and, uh, and, and bring in Teddy Bridgewater. But first, listen here to the conversation I had with Drew Locke. figure out really the first year you were supposed to redshirt behind Flacco and then circumstances kind of pushed you out there a couple games earlier you know they I think they wanted you to play the last two games to be honest and you wound up playing the last five last year you were the one and only uh, at least the way we wrote it up Missouri uh, same kind of thing your freshman year you weren't supposed to play Uh, the guy gets kicked off the team you're in there and then you're the quarterback for four straight years has it been, was it a mental adjustment actually knowing it's mono e mono uh, for the starting job with you and Teddy?
1: Um, I would say the biggest mental adjustment um, would be not being able to be with the guys I've been with for a year. Um, you know, you change center, you change left guard, left tackle, right guard, right tackle, running back, wide receivers, everything. Um, I think that was, that was the weirdest part. You know, you have like a, you have like a father, sense to you when you're like, oh, that's those are my boys. I should be out there with the boys, but um, I understand it is a competition. And I need to I need to try and re-earn that spot and that's my goal every single day focusing on me, focus on what I need to do, focusing on my job. And um, if I do that, just play confidently, I think um, I can end up getting the job done.
0: You had a couple um, extended film sessions with Peyton uh, during the off season. What did he, by any chance did he tell you some things that uh, you do real well and a couple things that he thinks you need to work on?
1: Of course, um, we dove into it pretty deep. Um, Being able to go over the film with him and, you know, just be able to watch it with a a different set of eyes was huge for me. Um, I was excited to do it um, and would do it all the time. Uh, It was just cool to be able to sit in a room with him and, you know, watch a TV where it's me playing, you know, we watched a little bit of him playing, but, and when you look back on it 10 years ago, I'd be like, if I'm ever sitting in a room with Peyton Manning, will I be watching me play and he's talking to me, or will be watching him play and, like, cheering him on? Like, that that was kind of the, re, the reality that I had to come to in that room. But, um, yeah, definitely a little bit of both. I mean, we talked about footwork. We talked about me putting my eyes in wrong places on wrong defenders, um, being able to speed processes up and... You know, it's kind of the same talks that when we first got into these buildings, we started having with these coaches as well. Like, hey, this is where you're going to put your eyes and we're going to work through it this way. Or, you know, you got to put your eyes in a couple places on this one get a pre-snap look. There was just ways to fine tune my thinking before plays. And I think I wasn't doing that enough um, in the past year. And then now I can come in. I know what I need to be doing. Here's this, this, and this for this play. And then let my natural instincts take over from that point.
0: You and Teddy, if it was just about arm strength, uh, there wouldn't be any competition. You you know, you kind of throw in the mid-90s. He throws in the uh, mid to upper 80s. Uh, but do you pick up something from Teddy, even though he doesn't necessarily drill the ball in there, that he's still an effective quarterback?
1: Absolutely. Um, I think when you have a guy like Teddy that's just so smart, um, you got to pick his brain. Um, and Teddy's been... Teddy's been really, really good to me since he's been here, and I really appreciate him for, you know, just some of the tendencies he's, you know, kind of had me going on, just the way he's looking at certain plays, the way he looks at protections, you know, the way he goes about drill periods. It's it's kind of like what I said when I was originally with Joe. Um, it's, It's been really good to be able to be around Joe and see what he's been able to do. And now that Teddy's here, um, it opened my eyes to a whole new style of football, a whole new way of thinking. and. um I think that's where experience in this league comes into play. Um, The longer you're around, the more quarterbacks you get to be around, the more offenses you get to be around, and then by the end of it, you pretty much have all the answers to the test. And, you know, Teddy has been very, very helpful to me and really, really smart guy, really smart.
0: The, um, this is gonna be a tough one for you. I'm I'm just gonna be, I asked this of Teddy Bridgewater, but the most common question that I've gotten as as a reporter this off season has been, are we getting Aaron Rodgers? And that seems to be where a lot, a big question with Broncos uh, country. You know, last week, uh, Kareem said something about Deshaun wanting to play here, Deshaun Watson. Is that a distraction? Those two big guys on the trading block, and it seems like they're all coming to Denver. They're all coming to the Broncos. Uh, You know, What do you feel about that?
1: Um, You know, it can only be a distraction if I let it. Um, If I... Think about it for more than this conversation we're having right now. Then I let it be a distraction. And if those guys are playing for Green Bay and they're playing wherever they are, then they have a step advantage on me because I was thinking about it instead of thinking about football and how we can get better. So now I don't let it be a distraction. Um, it came with the lack of wins last year, so to say. If we won 10 games, no one would even be talking about it. If we won 11 games, no one would be talking. About it. If we won 12 games, no one would talk about it. But um, due to the play from last year. Um, to stop from those conversations happening again, I need to play better this year, and that's where my energy was. That's where all my focus was, and that's quite honestly why I didn't get to think about it, because all my energy and all my time was focused elsewhere this offseason. I was getting this team better.
0: Curious what you thought of, um, this is the final one, Naomi Osaka, the tennis player in the French Open, decided not to speak to the media and, and wound up bowing out of the uh, tournament. You know, you. know and, and one thing that she said is there's a lot of negativity in the questions, and you have handled a lot of negativity in the questions, and yet you've always handled them. Yet this off season, you you kept a low profile. You didn't, you know, you didn't want to talk about, uh, to me about uh, Aaron Rodgers or anything like that. I was really curious your opinion on that matter, that that topic, as far as whether athletes should or shouldn't, and do they have the right to skip it?
1: Well, you know, it kind of goes back to what I said, The my time was spent thinking about other things, like the errand thing when you texted me is, then it was me wasting my time. Uh, but as far as that goes, I mean, the biggest thing, mental health is a serious, needs to be a serious, you know, topic of discussion everywhere, whether it's in sport, whether it's in business, whether it's in just life between you and a spouse. Um, and personally, I feel like you know, I can handle it and whatever you might ask my way, I'm going to get up from this chair, I'm going to leave, and I'm not going to think about it again. Um, so as long as I can handle it for five or ten minutes, then I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep answering these questions, but if someone feels the need to possibly skip um, due to a mental health issue, I think there should be no question about it. They should be allowed to do that.
0: True. appreciate the time. <laughs> Stay healthy. So thank you very much. Uh, I think you'll agree that uh, Drew Locke and I uh, had a nice conversation there about all things Broncos, about himself. Um, He uh, will be, in my opinion, he is um, number one uh, as the incumbent and with 18 games. Uh, But he does have a serious challenge from Teddy Bridgewater. And what most of the media saw during the offseason was that Bridgewater, looked like uh he might be the guy by by virtue of uh Locke was still making some of the same mistakes he made uh last year uh the broncos did bring in teddy bridgewater why because they weren't convinced that drew Locke was the guy and so i i think teddy bridgewater if i had to put a nickel on it if it's not aaron Rodgers in a trade for aaron rogers uh, i think bridgewater um is the guy to bet on for the the broncos starting assignment on september 12th at the new york giants that's a season opener but they'll both get their chance Locke and bridgewater are going to go 50 50 in training camp i think in preseason game number one you'll probably see drew Locke starting against the vikings In week two you'll probably see teddy bridgewater start against the seahawks and then vic fangio pat Shermer, mike shula george payton will make their decision on who should be the starting quarterback going into preseason game number three against the Rams at Empower Field. That's uh, that's the most likely scenario as I see it anymore. Anyway, so uh, Teddy Bridgewater, I tell you what, uh, not a lot of people. Going back to uh, 2017, uh, I think right before the start of the 2017 opener, might have been 16. Um, but anyway... Uh, uh, that, that knee injury that Bridgewater had where it was very, very serious. I mean, they were for a minute, they were worried about it being uh, uh, life threatening. Uh, he did not He dislocated the knee and uh, they were worried about severing some arteries in there that did not happen. The Vikings training staff did an, a great job stabilizing the situation. Bridgewater is back. He started 15 games uh, for the Panthers last year. And he'll have a chance to be a starter again if he can beat out drew Locke in training camp but that injury uh... shaped uh... teddy bridgewater his mentality uh... his heart and soul and uh... he says he smiles every day because he you know this is uh... all bonus for teddy bridgewater going forward so i think you'll enjoy the conversation we had with teddy and then we'll wrap up uh... this edition of cliss's mic drop uh... the start of training camp edition. And um, we'll be back to wrap things up. But for right now, our conversation with uh, between me and Teddy Bridgewater back in mid June. Uh, channel 20 with the Broncos station Broncos TV station here so you'll be seeing a lot of us what do you think of uh, Denver Broncos so far
2: I I've I've been enjoying my time here so far Uh, first-class organization uh, from top down and uh, it's been a fun experience so far I'm excited you know about mini camp and head into the summer and um, looking forward to the season
0: I started reporting that the Broncos were after you, I think in January. <laughs> uh, and it took, it took a few months before it actually uh, came together. Were you fairly confident in the process? I know you kind of talk, you don't talk, but are, were you fairly confident in the process you'd wind up uh, with the Broncos somehow, some way.
2: Yeah, uh, my agent, man, he, he was adamant about it. And, um, you know, we had talked. We knew that, you know, some transactions were going to take place. Uh, this off season, and you know there were some familiar faces here in Denver uh, from my time in Minnesota with George, um, Pat Shermer. So we we had you know a good feel for the vibe that was here, and um, just throughout the off season we just played it one day at a time. And when it finally happened, you know we all looked at each other like, man, we told you. So I'm happy to be here. I'm looking forward to what's in store for us.
0: Kennard McGuire, uh, he actually. Uh introduced you to me in the Indianapolis airport a couple of years ago. I think you were trying to get back in the game or something. You were a free agent. You wound up with the Jets. Yeah, I remember yeah, that first. now. Yep. Yeah, he was he was, uh, he was uh, doing the uh, recruiting pitch for you. <laughs>
2: yeah, he's always, so, he's always working, man. I appreciate him.
0: How about as far as you've come from where you were that day, what was it, August 30th? 2016 uh to be honest uh i'm not sure i'm going to be honest with you i'm not sure i would have bet that you would still be playing football here in 2021 i'm not sure i would have bet you would have been playing football in 2018 19 and 20. just uh, the whole ordeal how difficult was it how rewarding is it now that you're where you are you know that's
2: that's the main reason that i smile every day you know that i have an opportunity to you know, walking to the locker room, walking to this facility because, you know, that was the point where there was nothing but doubt that clouded my mind. Uh, those around me mind. And, you know, now to be where I am in 2021, I have nothing but every reason to smile. Um, it was a tough process getting back to the plan, but I had so many people in my corner who just believed in me still. And that was all the motivation that I needed. Um, if just, One child came up to me back home and then told me, hey, man, I miss seeing you out there on the football field. Are you going to be back? You know, that's enough to to really motivate you. And for me, you know, I come from a a small corner in Miami, you know, uh, across the bridge from the beaches where, you know, there's not much hope. And I knew that when I was injured, man, I had to give my my community some type of hope. and that right there really lit my fire to really just try to get back out down the field and really hit it hard. And to be where I am today, man, my community's proud of me. You know, the ones who believe in me are proud of me I have former teammates who I played with for years that are proud of me. So, you know, I'm smiling every day that I come here.
0: Um, we over evaluate everything this time of year, <laughs> especially the quarterbacks. This is a quarterback town. How, how has it been going for you? Do you feel like uh you're right there with drew and and ready to compete against him in training camp
2: you know honestly man it's been fun um you know i walked into the situation and you know i told drew and brett that listen you know you guys are going to play this game for a long time you know i'm going to keep playing at the end of the day we all can learn from each other and i told those guys hey just take advantage of me you know i've had the opportunity to play for different teams, I've been with different quarterbacks, been in different systems, um, and I played with a great quarterback in Drew Brees. So it's like, you know, I feel like I'm one of those guys now, I'm that sponge that's ready to just pour out the information that I have. And, um, you know, of course, you compete. It's going to make the team better. It's going to make you better as a team and as a person. But at the same time, you know, this is a situation that, you know, we all, we've all formed a bond. You know, and it's only been about three and a half, four weeks. And usually when you walk into situations like that, some guys are uptight. You know, our quarterback room here right now, man, it's, it's a friendly environment. And, you know, I, I look forward to, you know, giving Drew and Brett as much information as I can. And I look forward to learning from those guys as much as I can. Um, and in the end, it's going to help the Broncos win football games.
0: It's interesting watching you two. Um, you can tell that you're more of the veteran. You seem... You're real savvy out there. You have what I call visible leadership as far as you really like to interact with the players at each team, talk about what their mindset is. Is that something that developed since you've come into the NFL? Or it's something that uh, since high school, you've been one to go up and uh, talk to a teammate uh, really after every play?
2: Yeah, it developed in high school. And it's it, you know it been a part of me throughout my journey. Um, and. I'm pretty sure you might notice I love talking to the defensive players because, you know, those are the guys that I'm playing chess with. And, you know, if I can learn any tendencies from those guys about myself, it's going to make me a better player. If I can give them guys information about what I see in them, it's going to make them a better player. And in the end, it's all about making the team better. So, you know, I love just interacting with the guys, man. And even, even if it's not just football, you know, joking with the guy on the sideline or just getting to know a guy, you know, um, sometimes that's all it takes to bring out the best in the player.
0: What do you tell people about arm strength and how important it is to a quarterback because we watch you I you know Drew locke has got a terrific arm. Uh, you it seems like have more touch on the ball. Uh, you don't throw 95. If you were a pitcher maybe you were throwing the upper 80s, right? versus the high 90s, but it gets there.
2: Yeah, I stopped throwing I stopped throwing 90s when I was like 13 years old, man. <laughs>
0: Yeah, tell us about that as far as uh, just arm strength and what people have said about you over the years and how much it matters to, to the overall picture of playing quarterback.
2: You know, for me, my game is totally different from Drew's game. And, you know, Drew Drew's arm is off the charts. Uh, some of the throws he's able to make, you know, you sit back and you just you know, admire it. You know, for me, my game is more so just trying to anticipate, trying to play fast, you know, uh, playing in rhythm because I know that, you know, I'm not the guy that's going to throw the ball 80 yards down the field. So if I can be, you know, on time with my feet, you know, um, and anticipate the throws, then I'm playing at my best. You know, when I'm late and trying to muscle everything, then, you know, I'm not really playing good football. So, you know, one of my strengths is just being able to anticipate throws uh, and and just, you know, lay it out there with the touch early.
0: The um, The Broncos seem to be involved with two of the biggest quarterbacks that supposedly... Around the trading block, Aaron Rodgers. Every time somebody says something, there are, are the Broncos going to get him. Uh, Kareem Jackson said something last week about Deshaun Watson uh, wanting to play with the Broncos. Is that difficult to tune out?
2: Uh, not for me. <laughs> um, I understand the nature of the business. Um, I've been traded. Uh, I had a team, you know, move on from me um, in free agency. You know, so I understand the nature of this business. So. You know, I can't get caught up in that. All I know is that I have an opportunity every day right now to walk into this facility, be a Denver Bronco, be the best version of Terry that I can be, impact the guys that are here, and, you know, do my best on the football field. Uh, Everything else will take care of itself. I tell everyone all the time, like, man, you know, in this business, you got to wear your big boy pants because anything can happen. And you never take things personal. You know, this is an opportunity. This is a gift.
0: And, uh, you know, I'm just enjoying my opportunity right now. The way you're... uh career has gone. You had a real good uh, second season, first full season with the Vikings, then came the injury, battled back from that. Last year was your first full season of playing in in a long time. Do you What are you, 28? Yeah, 28. 28? You, you must feel like a young 28, and the best is still to come. Definitely, and I definitely feel that way. Um, you know, I
2: talked to You know, a couple of my mentors this offseason, Sean Payton, Bill Parcells. um, And those guys just broke things down to me and it made complete sense. So, you know, I'm 28 years old and I'm feeling good and I'm ready to play my best football. Teddy,
0: welcome to Denver and all the best to you. Stay healthy, buddy. Uh, Thank you. all right this is one of our longer podcasts there's much to talk about again uh, condolences to the greg knapp family and everyone in the nfl community who was close to the coach and there were hundreds that uh came in conduct if, if if not a couple thousand that came in touch with greg knapp over his nearly 25-year career in the nfl passed away from injuries um he had uh, no brain activity uh he did not have consciousness right away Jeff spurbeck his agent said uh he never regained consciousness and he passed away 5 uh, 5 days away uh after the bicycle um, accident he had uh he had so many other uh, bodily injuries uh besides to the uh, brain so um you know uh he was 58 it was too young uh, but while he was here, Coach uh, Knapp had a great impact on the NFL. A lot of statements, uh, uh, heartfelt statements from former coaches like Clancy Barone and from uh, uh, Joe D. Camillus and the Broncos themselves. Uh, so all the best to, uh, and just thoughts go out to the Knapp family. He had a wonderful wife, Charlotte, and three daughters, So, um, and, and just so many friends we wrap this up by saying training camp is upon us here folks um it starts really it starts saturday with the rookies and quarterbacks reporting then tuesday all the rest of the vets show up and then uh, wednesday practice open to the public yeah you can sit on the berm socially distanced and i'm sure there'll be pods seating pods out there for you and um And uh, you can't have autographs, but it'll be good to see what the Broncos 2021. It will be the start of the great quarterback competition. That may not matter. If Aaron Rodgers doesn't show up to the Packers, the Packers say they won't trade him. But will they still say that one week before the season, days before the season? Um, You know, uh, George Payton was with the Minnesota Vikings when uh, Teddy Bridgewater suffered that injury uh that knee injury right before uh the start of the season all right it was like 10 days before the start of the season i'm trying to get the year called up here right now on my uh computer so it was uh it was 2016 one week before the 2016 teddy had just led the vikings to the uh playoffs and they should have won but blair walsh uh uh missed a a a, a chip shot field goal and they lose to Seattle in the first round. The Vikings were, were picked as uh, legit Super Bowl contenders in 2016. Then Teddy uh, wrecked his knee a week before the season. And George Payton was part of that front office, an assistant general manager who traded for Sam Bradford right before the start of the season. Bradford didn't start week one, but he did start week two so Aaron Rodgers could come down and Peyton wouldn't mind coming down and, and acquiring Aaron Rodgers if he's available right before the start of the regular season I think the Rodgers thing will not be finalized through training camp I I, I don't think he's going to show up next week we'll see if I'm wrong a lot of people do think he's going to show up next week we'll see um but uh... you know that got until that Aaron Rodgers thing is is uh, sorted out then it's Bridgewater versus Drew Locke. That's going to be the talking point of training camp. Next week, Next week we'll talk uh, more about some other position battles, right tackle. I think Bobby uh, Massey will be the right tackle there. Cam Fleming will, will push him. Uh, Calvin Anderson will push him. Um, you have uh, at center Quinn Miners and Lloyd Cushenberry. That could be an interesting battle. I think Cushenberry should start as they develop uh, Miners, but we'll see. It was interesting that they drafted minors in the third round this year, just as they did Cushionberry last year. And Cushionberry played every snap for the Broncos as a rookie. Uh, on defense, we'll see about the uh, middle of the defensive line, how Mike Purcell is coming back from that Liz Frank. And then all these cornerbacks that they have in the uh, defensive backfield. Uh, Darby, Fuller, big money, big additions. You got Bryant Bryce Callahan returning, making seven million, and you got first-round draft pick Pat Sertan. That's four elite corners, and really, uh, folks, there's usually only three that play. So it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. That's going to be interesting, also. So uh, for uh, thank you to Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater for joining us on Cliss's mic drop. This is uh, training camp is here, folks. Uh, can't wait. Let's let's rock and roll and get her going. And thanks for paying attention, and we'll do this again next week with a little bit of a report on how the Broncos looked uh, day one at training camp uh, next Wednesday. So uh, for Cliss's Mic Drop, I'm Mike Cliss. We'll see you again next week, and thanks again for listening.